Fleets of gigantic container vessels ply the Santa Barbara Channel week in, week out. Seasonally, so do a variety of the largest mammals on Earth, blue, fin, humpback, and other varieties of whales, which feed, mate, and rest here in the course of their migratory passage north and south. Given the huge increase in ship traffic over the 21st century, these forces occasionally collide with tragic consequences. Which brings us to a remarkable program based in the Marine Science Department at UCSB. This is the Benioff Ocean Initiative, based on a generous gift of $10 million from the philanthropist Mark Benioff and his wife. This is a sophisticated electronic underwater mapping device that charts whale movement in order to divert shipping from their path. The program has been in the planning and experimental stages over the past three years and is now fully operational. We got to talk with one of the lead scientists on the initiative, Morgan Vizali, who came to UCSB as a graduate student and is now, now works full time for BOI. She gave us a rundown of the Benioff Initiative and outlined its purpose. So the Benioff Ocean Initiative is a marine research group at UC Santa Barbara. We're within the Marine Science Institute, and we really focus on applied ocean problem solving. So um, the way that the Benioff Ocean Initiative works is we have a crowdsourcing platform where anybody can go onto our website and submit issues that they see happening in the ocean that they would like scientists and, te and technologists to work on. And then we put out a call for proposals for folks from uh, scientists and technologists to basically submit, submit ideas for how they would address or solve that ocean issue. And then we pull together a team of scientists to basically um, put, put science to work to try to help to resolve some of the issues facing our ocean. And so one of the first um, issues that emerged from this crowdsourcing platform is the problem of ship collisions with whales, which is something that happens right off the coast of California here in the Santa Barbara Channel. Once whales were hunted almost to extinction, but at least now they are a protected species. Yeah, so many whale species were hunted really to the brink of extinction over the past couple centuries. And even though commercial whaling has really decreased since then, whales are now facing other threats. And so many of the great whale species um, around the world are still endangered or threatened. And so some of the threats that they're facing today include fishing gear entanglement, and then also the threat of ships actually hitting and killing whales. So we have you know, basically whale roadkill out there in the ocean. And, you know, of course, nobody wants to um, hit and kill a whale, but it's, it's unintentional when we have this um, really, really productive, uh, biodiverse, rich places in the ocean, like the Santa Barbara Channel, where we have endangered blue humpback and fin whales that come here to feed. And then we also have a really busy shipping route that is moving um, you know, the world's goods on these large container ships, 90% of the world's goods uh, move on a ship at some point in time. And so um, there's also this, these shipping routes that go through the Santa Barbara Channel, bringing, um, bringing these ships to and from the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. So we have this overlap of really important whale habitat with really busy shipping routes, and that can lead to these unfortunate collisions. The loss of four humpback whales in the channel in 2007 alerted the national Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association, or NOAA, to a major crisis in our coastal waters. 
This issue, I think, first really rose to the surface here in 2007 when there were five blue whales that um, were hit and killed by ships within one year. And so the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration actually declared um, what they call an unusual mortality event when that happened. And that really started to spur a lot of action around this issue. And so since then, they've implemented slow speed zones. They actually moved the shipping lanes by one mile to try to move them away from an area where we know blue whales feed. And so there has been a, little, a, lot, there has been a lot of activity around trying to address this issue, but we still see these ship strikes happening, unfortunately, as marine shipping traffic is continuing to increase over time. Whale safe is not confined to the Santa Barbara Channel. Researchers here collaborate with other oceanographic institutions on both coasts, wherever the danger lies of collisions between shipping and whales. So WhaleSafe is really a collaborative effort with scientists from across the country. So we're working with a team from Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution, Texas A&M University at Galveston, University of California, Santa Cruz, University of Washington, and NOAA's Southwest Fisheries Science Center. So WhaleSafe is a near real-time whale detection system, and researchers from all these different institutions have built different components of the system, and now we're all working together to help integrate this real-time whale data and then get it out to the folks that need this information so that we can help take action to reduce the risk of these collisions happening. Morgan then gave us a succinct summary of the technology of the system, undersea microphones that connect with an electronic sensor, placed on a buoy in the channel. This transmits information to a satellite, as well as the observations of citizen scientists on sea and shore. WhaleSafe is a technology-based mapping and analysis tool that collects and distributes near real-time data on whale activity. And there are three main technologies that power the system. One of them is an acoustic monitoring system. So there's actually a buoy that we deployed out in the Santa Barbara Channel right near the shipping lanes. And uh, near the seafloor, there's an underwater microphone or a hydrophone that is listening for sounds in the water. And then there's actually a small computer that is um, connected to the buoy in the water that processes this sound in real time and is able to detect when we hear the calls of blue, humpback, and fin whales. And then those detections are actually sent back via a satellite link, which is um, connected to the surface buoy, to our scientists on shore who are then able to confirm those detections before they're added into our database. So that's one piece of the system. There's also a blue whale habitat model, which is basically like weather forecasting, but for blue whales. So we use oceanographic data like sea surface temperature and currents to basically predict where blue whales are likely to be on any given day. And then the third component are actual visual sightings. So there's lots of whale watching and tourism boats that are going out into the channel every day. Um, and there are actually community scientists out on those boats who use the mobile app Whale Alert to record sightings. So anytime they see whales out there, they record the number and the species, and that goes into the database as well. So then WhaleSafe integrates these acoustic detections, the blue whale model, and the actual visual sightings to give an assessment of what's going on with whales each day out in the channel. The whales themselves play a crucial role in tracking their position. They actually sing, and their songs are recorded, and this is essential data on the hydrophone on the ocean floor. And the watching scientists can then identify each species 
as a result of the fact that each species has a specific vocalization. Whales are very communicative, so they make all different types of calls to communicate with each other, whether they're letting each other know about food or their mating calls. Um, and so scientists have actually built up libraries of these different calls for each species by recording them. One of our um, collaborators um, from Texas A&M University has a 14-year um, data set of blue whale calls from Southern California. And so that's how the detection algorithm actually works is it, it listens for sounds that sound similar to the calls that we've recorded previously. And so, um, yeah, we're really able to kind of tap into the way that whales communicate with each other and use that as an indicator of when whales are in the area. Each whale species has its own uh, vocalizations and mm. calls and the way that we actually understand those is by looking at them visually as similar to like uh, sheet music. Um, so we're actually able to create a visualization of what the calls look like and then match those up. And so, um, you know, uh, blue, one type of the blue whale calls, for example, is an AB call that has a series of quick pulses followed by a long sweeping sound. And so you can actually see that show up in this sort of, you know, whale um, uh, sheet music, if you will. Whereas the humpback song is the one that, you know, we often think of that has a lot of kind of complex layers and sounds to it. Um, and so that one shows up very differently in, in this sheet music. The final crucial piece of the puzzle is the contribution made by citizen observers, both on sea and land. Morgan mentions a group supported by the Channel Islands National Park Service. They are the Channel Islands Naturalist Corps, which continuously provides information regarding whale movement. And they're also the professionals who navigate whale watching tours along the channel or in the channel, along with their passengers who also send in information to the scientists in real time. So there's um, actually a volunteer naturalist program called the Channel Islands Naturalist Corps that's run by Channel Islands National Marine Sanctuary and Channel Islands National Park. And so when those naturalists are able to go out on the boats, they um, use the Spotter Pro app to record data. And they um, you know, are really well trained and are able to identify different species and collect great data for us. And then there's also um, you know, actual operators and people that, that um, run these boats. So for example, the Condor Express, some of the captains on that whale watching boat actually use the Whale Alert app as well and record data. And so um, we really could not, could not do this project without all the contributions of the citizen scientists who um, are adding data in as well. Finally, there is the question of the shipping companies. And here's one more example of human activity intruding on an ancient migratory pattern that precedes human ocean travel by many thousands of years, are the companies fully aware of the damage they may inflict? And are they listening to the appeal of scientists and government agencies? Morgan Vizale has some encouraging news. She emphasizes that the intention is not to bring commerce to a halt, but to encourage coexistence between shipping and the whales in the channel and on every ocean. You know, our goal is to really deliver data that can help ships and whales better coexist. And, um, you know, these, these 
giant ships as they're moving through the Santa Barbara Channel. Of course, no one wants to hit and kill a whale, but part of the challenge is that some of these ships are, are massive. I mean, they're, they can be a thousand feet long, and so it can be really challenging to actually see you know, a relatively small whale blow from the bridge of one of these ships. And so there was actually you know, a working group a few years ago trying to develop solutions around this issue of ship strikes. And one of the things that came out of that working group was a request for more more real-time data on whale activity and new technology development to support that. And so that helped to inform the approach that we decided to take with WhaleSafe. And so we're hoping that if we can get this data into the hands of the people that um, are making the decisions that um, we can actually help ships know when to slow down. So research has shown that if these large ships are able to slow down to 10 knots, which is around 11.5 miles per hour, that really reduces the risk of a fatal ship strike happening. And so we hope that with this data, the ships will know when to slow down and then we'll take the action to, to do so. The appeal from NOAA, the Coast Guard and the scientific community is for these marine behemoths to slow down from an average speed of 20 knots, which is over 20 miles an hour, to half of that. Over a century of experience on the roads proves that a reasonable speed limit saves lives. And the same principle is true for the Santa Barbara Channel and every busy sea lane in the world. The Benioff Initiative website now lists those companies observing the recommended lower limit and those who do not. It also rates the company's compliance with the recommendations, a list you might say of the naughty and the nice. Vizali calculates that around 44% are already following the recommendations, which is a pretty good start. The Benioff Ocean Initiative hosted a free seminar on WhaleSafe this last Friday, October the 2nd at 11 a.m. It was free and open to the public. You can still register at whale-safe at ucsb.edu. That webinar will later appear on the website. It's probably already there. Further information can also be found at The Current, which is UCSB's newsletter, via the UCSB website dated September 17th. There's also an article which you'll find interesting by Sean Cummings, published in The Independent Online. This is dated September 23rd, 2020. This is Harry Lawton reporting for KCSB.